go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We're two landscape designers who have been working in the field for over 25 years. Through this podcast, Digging Deep, we're going to bring to you our knowledge, our challenges, our foibles, our stories, and our ideas to help you create the most unique landscapes for you and your family. And you are probably wondering, uh, here you are talking about landscape designs while most of California is burning. Yes. And, um, it's true and it's tragic. However, we are here to bring you some ideas and some counter visions for what's going on. And what we're going to focus on today is water. Water features. So once you get out of your oxygen tent that you can actually breathe, you can start thinking about cool, refreshing water. Yeah. And in fact, um, there have been, I remember a couple of years ago when the town of Paradise was burning, of which it burned again, there were some people that actually survived the fires by going into their pool with their animals. Um, anyway, not that you're going to put in a pool to save you know, your life from climate change. However, pools are, are something to consider in the heat and the dry um, times of the year. So we're, just, we're not going to talk just about pools. We'll talk about water features. We'll talk about natural pools. We'll talk about the easiest, cheapest way, um, not including the blow-up uh, <laughs> children's pools. Those don't last Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I've done many, many different water features, and I'm sure, Michael, you have as well. Yes. And um, there's one thing that you need to know. If you want to build a water feature and you want to be able to get in it, you have to filter it or have a filtration system. Okay, so it's not just that you're going to have a water feature and you can sit in it and maybe paddle around. You need to be able to filter that water because if there's no filtration, it's going to have algae. Right. And in fact, you know, not to, to horrify someone, but they recently had an article about the... Um, the amoeba, the brain-eating or the, the um, cell-eating amoeba that actually will go into the brain. And one of the cases was someone swimming in a pool that was not properly filtered and the, the amoeba was, was present. And so Roberta mentioning that you need to filter it is very important. If your interest is just water for the view and the sound of water, you don't have to be as paranoid about keeping it crystal clear. But if you're intending on getting in it and especially dunking your head in it, you have to keep it filtered and you have to get rid of um, any chance of viruses, bacteria. Okay. That's absolutely, that's absolutely right. However, I've been reading about natural pools and um, it's not an either or situation. Like if you're going to have a pool, yes, it either has to have chlorine or salt water or even, um, you know, the electric types of um, cleaning it. But there is such a thing called a natural pool. And a lot of people, and this was uh, kind of born in Europe in the 1980s, there's a pool that they're tired of taking care of. And so they be, let it become a pond, but not just a pond for fish, but a pond to swim in. And that's something different. That still has a pump and it gets filtered through stones, but it is something very beautiful that 
your pool, if you're done with the maintenance, can turn into. And because after, you know, after you go through the steps, and there's websites, you just don't let your pool go. There's websites, you have to learn about this. But uh, by placing plants and filtering it through rock, you can have a beautiful natural pond without chemicals. And not only that, way less mosquitoes because it invites other habitat that eat mosquitoes. So that's right. just an alternative. So you have to set up a balance. And um, I wrote several articles. In fact, um, I was quoted in several annals um, because long time ago, we used to do lots of natural pools. Um, the one thing about it is, and, and people like it or they don't like it, um, the water isn't going to be crystal clear, especially on the bottom. You are going to have algae and like stepping on the bottom of it. If, if you have natural stones or rocks, you will get an algae growth. And some people don't like standing on kind of slippery, kind of mucky algae, but it's part of the balance you set up with. It's like, it's like being in a pond, you know, when, right. you're, when you go swimming in a pond or a lake up in the Sierras, you're not going to be stepping on um you know, clean plaster. <laughs> exactly. And what it is, is it's a balance of how much um, oxygenating plants that will put oxygen into it, a certain amount of fish that will actually take in the oxygen and put out the CO2, uh, um, the plants that, that will create the oxygen. So you're setting up a balance and a certain amount of when the sun hits, the plants, again, they grow. So it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit more tricky because you actually have to have a certain amount of plants, a certain amount of fish, a certain amount of filtration and movement of the water in order to keep it pretty much crystal clear. But as I said, you will get a certain amount of algae, and that's part of the balance. Um, what I was reading, the fish aren't necessary. You could either do it with, with fish or without. If you're going to have fish, you're going to have fish excrement, and that actually yep. does add to the algae but there are you know there are ponds that just have plants as well but i this is this is just like one little area but i you know we want to talk about everything we want to talk about pools and water features and um these days um putting in a pool is not just digging a hole well it's never been but the the cost has in fact we're taking out of a pool right now it'll be my eighth pool we're taking out and my client who has a, had put the pool in 30 years ago he said how much do you think we paid for this pool? And I, I don't know, I guess I said, what, 25,000? He said, are you kidding? No. It used to, 30 years ago, a pool cost $13,000. <laughs> and now- Well, that didn't surprise me when you, when you talk about, because in 1965, when we were living in the San Fernando Valley, and I remember my sister and I used to take the bus to Malibu and the beach bus, and we'd go to the beach. And my dad, I remember we had a family get together and my dad said, we really don't want you taking the beach bus anymore. So we're thinking about putting in a pool. So we had a pool designer come over in a pool company and with the bells and the whistles and the waterfalls and everything, we're going to put in this pool and it's going to cost, it's outrageously expensive, but it's going to be $5,000. So <laughs> if we spend that kind of money, and this was 1965, we don't want you and your sister to take the beach bus. And both of us said, Hell no, we would love going on the beach bus to Malibu, so we never put in a pool. But the reason for the story was, 1965, a pool with all the bells and whistles and the waterfalls, $5,000. Yeah. Well, now you're looking at, I don't even know if you can get a pool in for 50000 It's usually... 50 to 60 is the base price. It's the very, very base price. And if you want anything else, it's, it's more like sixty to 100000 And um, if you're Hoping to have a diving board or slide, I think those are <laughs> history. 
I don't think they're very safe. I don't think they even allow diving boards anymore. Do you know anything about that? As far as I know, other than in public municipal, you know, high dives and everything, uh, mm -hmm. homeowners are not allowed to do diving boards anymore. Um, you can do a diving rock or a platform, but you can't mm -hmm. do a diving board. And for people that are wondering how deep, if my kids are going to dive into it, it should be a minimum of seven feet deep. Um, we go between seven and eight feet. Right. Well, you know, so... A lot of people now, have, well, there's so many choices. For instance, you can have a pool that has what's called a beach entry. So it's just a wedge you walk down on, or you can have a, uh, a pool with a shelf, which means you could put your lounge chairs right. and dogs, you know, on that platform. And it's only about, what, 18 inches deep? Foot and a it's half? about 10 to 18 inches. It's wide enough to put a, a chaise lounge. And what we usually recommend is for them to actually put a sleeve so you can also, if you're going to sit in the water, but you're, gonna, you're not going to be immersed, you'll be able to put a sleeve so you can put an umbrella so you don't burn up. Right. So, you know, you could pretend you're in the Bahamas and you're in your backyard and you saved airfare. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So, so that's, those are pools and that's, you know, that's a certain percentage of people that can afford something like that. So let's, let's talk about some water features that, um, before we go into the, you know, pond list, let's talk about water features that maybe you can sit in. One thing that I do want to mention that it's something new, and I think we talked about it before, is shipping containers are now being made into swimming pools. And they're a lot more affordable. They're in the $30,000 range, where they actually take a uh, four foot deep by 20 foot long um, by, uh, by at least eight feet wide. So eight feet of width, 20 feet length, four foot deep. They take these old shipping containers, all made out of steel. They actually saw cut out um, windows so that the side of it, you can actually see people swimming underwater. So it looks like a big aquarium. They filter it. They put pumps and everything. And then and they literally will drop it. It's not considered a permanent structure. So it's a different kind of permit. And they literally drop it into the landscape. And those are in the $30,000 range. So, and what's kind of interesting about that is, let's say you have a sloped yard where you have a raised deck. You can actually level out an area, drop the, the shipping container pool down so that it's level with the deck. And then on the side, if people, if you have a lower area, can actually see it's like a big aquarium, see people swimming. So I've never done one yet. I've designed two of them in and they never put them in, but it's, it's a different concept. They're, um, they're reusing, you know, the old shipping containers. And it's kind of an interesting concept because it's like recycling old shipping containers and, um, it's kind of an idea idea and it does keep the cost down. Yeah. Well, shipping containers are being used for sheds and houses. I mean, there's, there's a whole movement with that. And so, um, so that is an alternative and it, it definitely does take some type of permitting. So before you, again, before you launch into anything, you always want to check and see, um, you know, what, what the permitting process is, if there is one, because it's, you know, it's a mess if you spend the money and buy one and then find out you can't use it in the way that you wanted to. So other alternatives, certainly you can go to, you can get the, the poly pools, the little uh, blow-up ones, or the, the above-ground pools that you can see. And I've seen those a lot of places, and people, you know, they're ugly when they're sitting above the ground, but then you can build a deck around them, a raised planter along the back, and they can actually be halfway decent looking. 
Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you're looking at a cost more like $10,000. Right, right. Uh, and so, you know, don't don't turn your nose up on that because above ground pools, yes, like Michael said, you could build um, a beautiful paver block wall around it with a wood deck. You know, it, it's, it's a pool. And um, if your intent is not to swim laps, but to get cool and splash around, it's wonderful. If you're going to, you know, they're... They do have some rectangular ones, but if you're going to, you know, if you're serious about laps, you're going to want a long in-ground pool. And just one note, you know, as we're talking about swimming pools, a lot of people are thinking, oh, I would love a pool, but I've got little kids. And isn't there a lot of rules and regulations when it comes to children? And yes, there is. But one of the things that revolutionized the whole design field so that you don't have to have uh, total fencing around the pool is the automatic covers the the auto covers which they literally are a cover that spans the entire pool can only be put in a square rectangle um, so they have to be geometric they go under the coping which is underneath the concrete or the coping so you don't see the tracks and it literally spans over the pool and the new ones are made you could your kids could ride their tricycle on top of them and they even have an advertisement with an elephant they're considered safety by the county or the city so you don't need um you don't even need to fence around the property if you have a pool with an automatic cover but they're they're expensive they're 12 to 15,000 to start with and um you know they well they they have their own uh design um you know you have part of the the pool has to be designed for them you can't just buy it afterwards and exactly. put it exactly otherwise it, it they, they don't look good. And again, if you like a freeform pool, something with not straight lines, you can't use an auto cover on those. But it is an alternative for those people that are thinking with little kids and they'd like a pool sooner than later rather than waiting till the kids are totally grown up. Yeah, there's that. And there's also what's called the invisible fence, which um, those are they're they're made of a very strong webbing but they're fences that can be taken down you know let's say several years later when the kids are older and caps i think we talked about this caps yeah. that go into the the hole so there's that but let's let's talk about water features because it's you know it's so wonderful to be in a yard and hear the sound of water and not only that it attracts the birds you know the birds love to come and bathe in the water but um if you want to, I've designed a few where instead of spending the money for a pool, they put in a large water feature where they could actually sit on a ledge and cool off. So that's obviously you're not going to swim in that, but you can create a water feel, uh, a water feature that you can sit in. But again, it needs a filtration system. Right. I did one that's very, that's kind of neat. It wasn't, the intent was not really to, to get into it, but to cool off. And it was a rain curtain. So imagine a um, an overhead structure, you know, some sort of a shade structure. You mount a pipe on the bottom of it, and it's a it's a um, a copper pipe with little holes all the way down down it. And then the water is pumped up to it, and water comes out of it like rain. And it it actually that's why they call it a rain curtain. And then the water goes into a basin. In this case, to keep costs down, we used a horse trough, one of those eight foot long by two foot high, by two foot wide, and that we sunk that into the ground and put a pump and a filter in there and then put stones on the bottom so that now when the water comes down, not only do you see through it and it's cooling, it's at the end of a patio, but 
the woman's uh, grandkids can literally stand in the basin or they can put a chair in the basin and then the water rains on you. And it's really, really wonderful because the sound, it sounds like raindrops. Yeah. And, you know, it's one step up from running in the sprinklers. <laughs> exactly. We used to do that. And um, you can use a PVC pipe and drill holes in it. I mean, these are simple ways to create water um, that you could, you know, play or that you could have the kids play in. So, um, you know, let's 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 say you have a, um, a play structure or, a um, you know, a, a tree house. Just imagine just like, you know, the um, the, the water misters to cool off at restaurants. Yes. yes. Basically, that's a drip line. Right. And there's water being pumped through and it goes through a tiny hole. It's pushed through at a certain pressure and it becomes like a mist. Well, instead of doing a drip hose, you could put a PVC, you know, a piece of PVC that you've drilled little holes at and you've mounted it right to the bottom of the place structure. And then you run the hose through it. This is really easy while the kids are there. There's no maintenance. And then but you'd want to have a place where the water falls into some rocks so you don't end up with a mud pile. Or the other option, which we've done again, which is kind of neat, is to do a, a, a mat that, you know, it's, it's almost like a, um, a screen, a heavy-duty screen. Underneath the screen is a basin. And again, that could be something as a galvanized, a big galvanized container, or it could be a, a, a horse trough or a um, cattle trough where you have your pump and you have a filter in there. And then what happens is it's a heavy-duty screen on top of it. Then you can actually put... Um, jets, these individual, if you can imagine, they're called deck jets, where the water arches up into the center. The kids can be, and then you you grade the thing out. You can have a patio there, and the patio goes right up to where the grade is. And then the kids can play on in the area, get sprayed by the jets. The water then goes through the grate into, so there's no standing water whatsoever. You don't have to worry about, about the kids drowning, but the uh, kids play in the water and it recirculates the water over and over again. And the only thing you do is an autofill, which as evaporation comes and it loses water, it automatically fills it up. And then you can put a little bit of algaecide in there. And um, it's a fun way. They have something like that in some of the high-end shopping centers, you mm -hmm. know, like Fashion Square. And they have those on computers where the kids are walking on the patio and all of a sudden right behind them, it pops up and then in front of them pops up and they put that on a computer chip. It's really fascinating. Yeah, at Kellex where they have that as well. Well, you know, in, in that same um, vein, um, that's basically the idea of a pondless waterfall. So um, back, I don't know, was it 10 years ago or 12 years ago, where the big thing was having a stream in a pond yes. in the backyard. Yes. Until people realized how much work it was to keep it up, you know, with the algae and the mess. And so we've been doing mainly pondless waterfalls. So you could build a waterfall. It doesn't matter what size it is, but it's going to fall into a basin that's actually below the grade. And again, like you were talking about with a screen. So the water is going to fall down the steps of the rocks and it's going to cascade into a cobble, what looks like cobble. But right. basically under, under the cobble is a screen and under the screen is a basin full of water and that water is being pumped back up through the top and then down again. And that's a pondless waterfall. And when you have something like that, you've got the sound of water, you've got the movement of water, you've got the plants, but you have no standing water. Which and is great because you don't have to worry about little kids or animals or getting, right, falling into a pond and drowning. Or exactly. 
Exactly. And, you know, there's so many ways to do this so easily. They they sell pumps in literally every different size, from, from a tiny pump to have like a desktop little water feature. That's the same idea. You know, you're pumping the water up up into something, then it falls down into a little basin, then it goes back up again to, you know, pumps that are massive, like the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Right. And for those people, some people wonder, they're uh, what Roberta was talking about is the ones that go into the water that are submerged in the water. Those are called submersible pumps. Mm -hmm. The ones like for your swimming pool or right. for big fountains, those are called dry pumps. Those sit above the water. They're not, they're actually not submerged in the water. They'll have a line that sucks the water out at the lowest part of your water feature Filled, um, sends it through the pump and then pumps it back to, say, a waterfall or where, wherever your water source is. And that's a dry pump, whereas sure. the, the submersible ones actually will suck the water because they're sitting in the water through the pump and then pump it out to wherever you want it to go. So two different and, kinds of pumps. Right. And, and the submersibles are, are what we usually use with the Italian-style fountains, you know, or, um, you know, any kind of fountain that you buy at a store, you're, you're looking at a submersible, a submersible pump versus a pool um, is, is the dry pump, like right. Michael's talking and, about. Right. And the submersible ones, for people will go, well, why would I do one over the other? A lot of it is volume, but also cost. The submersibles are a lot less expensive than yeah. the dry pumps. Yeah. 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 I have a, um, years ago I bought a small Italian fountain. It's got three tiers on it and, um, it has a small submersible pump, but let me tell you the wildlife, the bees, my cats, everybody likes to get on that fountain and drink. So when you have moving water, it really attracts, um, the, the healthy wildlife in your yard. It's really lovely to have. I agree. I mean, there's nothing, it can take a static landscape and suddenly give it life and um, soul because, again, the sound of the water on your right, birds, hummingbirds, uh, butterflies, um, also uh, dragonflies love to, to lick on the top of the, you know, just kind of glide through the water. It's, it's wonderful. And um, I just found out that dragonflies um, eat stinging insects, so they're, they're good to have. <laughs> and um, also what I've used quite a bit, I'm sure you have as well, Michael, is um, drilled stones. So yes. there are stones um, that are basalt that look like tall columns. And actually, there's every shape and size of a stone that you can buy pre-drilled for a water feature. And they're beautiful. However, they don't make that noise that a waterfall would. But still, the right. water runs down. It attracts the birds and the butterflies. And it's a beautiful feature. But if you're looking for sound or you're wanting a noise to mitigate traffic, that's not the feature for you. No. And the bottom line is you have to remember that. And, and when you're buying a fountain, it sounds this is, sounds funny, but... Um, part of it is visual. It's the aesthetics of it. But part of it, as Roberta said earlier, was the noise. So when I go, I'll go, uh, if, if I've narrowed it down to a few fountains and I want to now, it, noise is very important, I'll take it to a special area where all I can hear is the sound of that. And the more, if you, if you do use a submersible pump, one of the things that I definitely recommend is one that's adjustable. So you can turn the water up or you can turn the water down because there are times 
when you just want a little trickle, you want a little sound, and you don't want to be yelling over it. And there are other times when, let's say there's noise, your neighbor's having a party, or there's traffic noise, and you want to get rid of that noise, and you want to be able to crank the pump up to get more water sound, more flow. You should be ha have the ability to be able to adjust the water, whether if your pump doesn't do it, then think about putting in a, um, a ball valve which is a, a valve that can adjust the sound up or down. Mm -hmm. You know, um, something that sounds you know, ridiculously simple, but um, this is something to know. If you're going to put a pond in or a water feature, whatever, you need to have electricity for the, uh, for the pump to plug into. Yes. So here we are talking about water, but really the logistics is this. And generally, if you're going to put in a, an outdoor plug, it needs to be a GFI switch. Which uh, GFI plug, you know. Ground fault interrupters. So that means that if water gets too close to it or there's a short, it doesn't electrocute you and you wind up with curly hair and your eyes bug out of your head. It actually. That's trips the best the thing circuit. that can happen. <laughs> right. It trips the circuit and that means it shuts the circuit off before it kills you. Hopefully. Exactly. Yeah. So um, if you're going to put in any kind of water feature, you know, to move the water, you're going to need a pump. If you're going to. Put in a pump, you need a plug. So just keep that in mind. But um, I've often said that your yard, when you bring in the elements that we live with, earth, fire, air, and water, there's a, there's a feeling of wholeness in your yard. So even if you put in the, just the smallest little water feature, it could be a pot. I, I bought this beautiful pot years ago and bought a cement glue and glued the hole up on the bottom. And for $35, I bought a little kit that's, you know, the bamboo um, piece. Yes. Uh, yes. It just sits on the pot and then uh, you plug it in and the water goes out the bamboo spout and then pump just pumps it back up again. And that's the easy way of having a water feature. And if you have, let's say a little terrace, cause you live in an apartment, it's a beautiful way to have um, a water feature. I think I agree with you. To yeah. me, the sound of water is very Zen. Like it's very calming. Some people though, I have to say, do not like the water features because their first reaction is it makes them irritable or nervous or makes them want to pee. Um, that's not me and that's not most of my clients, but I do hear that from time to time. Oh, I don't, I don't like the sound of water. It makes me have to go to the bathroom. So, well, you know, you know, that's, that, that's a given. I had, um, clients give me this really beautiful water feature, tall, beautiful, heavy, and, uh, they wanted to get rid of it because it sounded like someone was using the toilet. And so, um, I brought it to my place and I tried everything. I put stones in the basin. I put sponges, you know, to try to change the sound. No way. So I also gave it away because, uh, and that's something that you need to test wherever you're looking for. You need to hear what the water sounds like. And if it's coming from a little spout from high, sound like a men's urinal. <laughs> exactly. I mean, let's be honest. That's exactly what it does sound like. And um, if that annoys you, which it would annoy most people, um, that's not the fountain for you. I also think that we should talk about because a lot of people are confused about that of spas. Oh, oh, OK. Well, yeah, there's spas, there's spools. Right. Uh, yeah. The, the one thing that I always get people ask. What is the difference and should I put a portable spa in? Should I, if we're doing a pool and we're spending all this money, should we put in a spa as part of the pool? And there are pros and cons for everything. And I figured if we're talking a little about water, we should just kind of briefly talk about that. 
Yeah, we should. Well, I tell people and I have, I work with a lot of pool companies and, um, you know, pool companies would like to sell you the beautiful spa in the pool where the water, you know, flows over into the pool. And, um, with my clients, I make them aware that not only, um, is, could that be twice the price of us, of buying a spa, but if you feel like having a nice hot bath at midnight, when you get home from a party, if it's in your pool, you've got to wait until it warms up. And then all that hot water is trickling into the pool. And, um, you know, it's a different cost of heating it. It looks beautiful, but I think that if you're someone that really likes your hot water with jets that you can choose, like you can in a hot tub, you know, you could choose your seats, you could choose your jets. You can't do that in a pool. You can have jets, but they're, you know, the, the seat is a seat like a pool seat. Absolutely. And so what I tell people is aesthetically, absolutely. A pool, a spa as part of the pool or or uh, rays that, that then ev- eventually spills into the pool is aesthetically pleasing. But function wise, as far as um, financially, first of all, in order to get that hot, it costs you about a $50, $50 bill every time you turn it on, whether it be probably with a gas a gas heater and it takes about an hour and a half to three hours to heat that up so if you're in a mood and you want unless you've set it whereas you're driving home it's going to start heating up by the time you wait two to three hours for it to heat up you're out of the mood and you no longer want to use it whereas a portable spa is always warm because they're insulated and they have a, an electric heater and you can set it for what temperature you want and it's covered and the only constraint on that is a lot of people say, well, they're ugly, but you can build it in to make it look beautiful by facing the front of it with stone or siding. You can put planters on either side, leaving the back open so you can service the equipment. But there's ways of designing a portable spa that makes it still look built in without the expense and without all of the upkeep and the financial aspects of trying to keep it hot. Absolutely. You could build a deck around it or you could sink it. So um, I've, I've sunk many, many spas. And um, when you do that, obviously you have to uh, use concrete block or some kind of um, concrete. And sometimes you could buy steel shells for these. And um, the important thing is it's not going to be a tight fit. So you have to have drainage at the base. So let's say you make a concrete block wall and you've got gravel at the bottom there's still water going to seep in in the rain, uh, you know, the rain spray, uh, times of year, and that water has to be have an outlet to drain. So you put a, a bottom drain. Absolutely. And that's the biggest thing is creativity. As a designer, we both, you can make a portable spa. You can make a spa look beautiful, even if it's not part of the pool. That's a lot more cost effective, a lot more aesthetically pleasing, as well as more financially viable in terms of upkeep and maintenance. And you, know, so yeah. you don't yeah. have to negate those. No. And, and here's another thing. The best time, at least in my mind, to take a nice hot tub is before you go to sleep. Right. And um, if it's cold out, let's say it's in the 30s or even below, and you have to walk a large distance from there back to the house to your bed, you're no longer ready for bed. So I think it's a wonderful thing if you have a bedroom that has, let's say, a door outside, a sliding glass door, French door, 
put the hot tub as close to your bedroom as possible, you know, build a beautiful stone wall around it or a wooden deck, you know, so you could walk straight out. But it's really nice to get out of it dry and then get into the house immediately. <laughs> Absolutely. And these people, you know, and again, the imagery of going out into the the trees out in the distance and sitting and commuting with nature, which is a beautiful thought. But the reality is if it's 30 degrees out or 35 degrees, even though you're wearing a, a robe, you get into the spine, you feel really relaxed. But if you then have to get out, put the robe on, by the time you, you take your hike back to your house, all that relaxation is gone and you're freezing cold. So Absolutely. People take the easiest route. So close to a bedroom, especially master bedroom. I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. So, so consider that, but you know, yes, aesthetically it does look nice in the pool, but if you're, if you're really serious that you, you love to have it before you go to sleep and you use it quite a bit, I would, I would nix the, the pool spa and go with, um, go with something that's purchase and you could either do it in ground, you know, or you could do it part way up or you could have it right on top of the ground on a slab and surround it with something. And just to give people an idea, um, a part of the pool, uh, a spa that's built as part of the pool can be minimum of $20,000. A portable spa, you can get some really affordable ones that are $5,000. Costco, $5,000. Exactly. That's a big difference. 20000 versus 5000 and there are those that are moving and want to get rid of their spas. So you could pick it up even a lot cheaper. So, um, you know, everything we're talking about today has to do with water. And water is available as far as cooling off or warming up in, in a hot tub. It's just a matter, it's, it's just a matter of how you do it. But, but I hope if we've done anything, we've let you know that there's so many different possibilities of having water in your landscape. Absolutely. And real quickly, even, and the one thing that I will say is if you've got an existing pool and there is fire danger, they have used many times that will, the fire people, if, when, when the water pressure has gone down, they have stuck pumps into a swimming pool and use swimming pool water to douse down the house and use it to, to fight fires. So there is, it's a big reservoir of water. So it can also work for your advantage to, to fight fires. That's right. Well, on that note, I'm hoping that we could all, after this podcast, take a minute, just take a moment and fantasize and vision, create in your mind rain. <laughs> we need I love rain. That rain, a rain dance. A rain dance. You have to do, we have to do it indoors because the smoke is so bad here. In, uh, we're in Sacramento, but all up and down the coast of California, up into Oregon, um, it's hazardous air. So if you, if you just, like I said, after, after the podcast, close your eyes and imagine how good that the water feels on her face and how the fires just get instantly put out and the little animals that are running all of a sudden have cool, wet rain. That's what we need. So. I agree. All right. Well, I'm Roberta Walker. I'm Michael Glassman. And we are Digging Deep. So thank you for joining us and we'll tune in next week.